0: The bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1. G1 Reads and Chanters were played in 8 out of the 9 winning World Championship performances in 2017, including the newly crowned Grade 1 World Champions in Vararian Districts, and also for some bands, including the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. Hello there, welcome along to another Big Rap Show podcast. How are yous? Hope you are all keeping well out there on podcast land. And yeah, how have you been? The piping world has been ablaze with pipe and action over this past week. So, yeah, we've got tons of stuff to to talk about this It's just crazy. So, yeah. But before we get into things, we have to give a shout-out to our patrons. Those guys who have clicked that support button who really do help us out every week. So, thanks goes to LoneStarPiper.com and Brandon Moreno. You guys are awesome! awesome! Yes, you are. Right. So, <laughs> let's get into it. Now, as each and every week rolls by, we start every single show with some listener mail. And we have some... The interesting listener mail going on last week's podcast. So, uh, let me see. <laughs> we got one in here from Bob. Or, sorry, Rob. Sorry. He says, uh, Hey, Rob. Love the show, mate. Good stuff and all. Uh says, A wee bit on the topic. Uh, that's and not my not-too-humble opinion. He said, A tune-list difficulty, tune difficulty is totally appropriate. Music is not too difficult at all. Fairly easy to play solo. But the issue with Grade 4 bands is solidarity or playing together. Timing, embellishments, tempo, no finger flubs with the whole shebang needs to be played. Balls on. (laughs) To quote him on his email here. And like I said, that's in his humble opinion. Keep up the good show, mate. No bother, Rob. Thank you. So, yeah, clearly he's talking about the the survey that's out at the moment for Grade 4 bands. The music board are currently looking at this uh, with the possibility of possibly adjusting them with either making them easier or making them harder, something like that. So, yeah, I think, Bob, you're 100% right. You know, I think the difficulty level is okay where it is at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's just playing it correctly, I think, is the hard part to do. So, there you go. Anyway, we've got quite a long email here in from JD Ingram. What about you, JD? And he says, hey, rap. Wanted to follow up about the March Past Mass Bands conversation. So that was last week's podcast. Awesome. In the EUSPBA, we tend to do the mass bands thing twice per contest. Opening ceremony. Before the contest, we have the speeches, national anthem and whatnot. Then the contest happens. And closing ceremony has the awards and the presentation. I do like breaking up the ceremony in ...into two parts, as each one is shorter. Normally, closing ceremony is a little less formal too. So if the drumline decides to stop by the beer tent and bring some libations with them, it's not a big deal. Though, still probably frowned upon. <laughs> I may or may not have brought a whiskey inside my zipper bag uh, to the closing ceremony before. Oh, JD. Terrible. Uh, so you mentioned the logistical nightmare of lining everyone up into a single band and playing together. Yeah, I honestly still think that would be really difficult. So, anyway, he goes on to explain. Uh, We have a set mass band tunes and drum scores similar to the prescribed tune list from RSPBA. Oh. Okay, well, here, I'll put my hands up. I honestly didn't know that. So, you have, like, similar tunes from the prescribed tunes that we have here. Alright, so everyone learns off the same book. Okay, that cuts out a lot of the doubt. So, um, let me see. And everyone is expected to know it and play it perfect so drum majors do their best to line up bands next to bands in similar strength so they don't have a grade one next to a 4b yeah that's what i was thinking you know do the bands actually line up in order of grades things like that so yeah so also if there are more than 10 to 15 bands they split into waves the most i've seen is three waves that's a big competition Uh, which is commonplace at the stone mountain scottish games in atlanta so, yeah, Stone Mountain Games, I have heard how big that is. So, three waves of mass bands, I can, I can understand that. So, he said the logistics are mostly handled by drum majors and pipe majors who form the front of the band. The bass drummers who then lead the drum section. Everyone else just kind of falls in where they fit. This keeps the trouble to a minimum, probably no more than trying to line up different sized bands on a grid like at the UK majors. Yes, that's a very good point, JD. You know, it probably does take the same kind of time collectively. Um, So let me see. I would like to see more UK majors try the mass band thing. It really does keep the ceremony shorter for those of us watching or for those of us playing. And it would be awesome to see a wave of mass bands made entirely of grade one bands. Something North America could probably never do. Just my two cents, Rob. Great show. Shout out for the Charleston Pipe Band from South Carolina. So there you go. Charleston Pipe Band. Yeah! Yeah! Awesome. Do you know what the mass band idea? You know, isn't lost on me. I honestly do think that it would be pretty cool. You know, I do know we have tried it a few times here uh, in the UK, and it has worked to a degree. And also, in some cases, it hasn't because you do end up with. Uh, I'm just having a real extreme example here, but you have a field marshal next to, uh, Grancher. Or something, Do you know. I don't know. It hasn't happened, but I'm just saying, you know, that could be an example of some possibility of it maybe going a bit Pete Tongue, but you know, with having the whole prescribed tune list and stuff, mass band sets. Hmm. I thought that's quite a good idea. Definitely. So yeah, I will look more into this mass band idea. I think it is certainly a way forward. So. Anyway, away from listener mail. Thank you to everyone, I have to say, who would emailed us in. There were quite a lot of emails on last week's topic, so thank you very much. And also, I have to say, emails are still coming in about Paisley. Can you believe it? Here we are. We're now in June, and people are still talking about what happened in Paisley. Now, I know I've danced on the landmine enough, enough already, but people keep telling me to talk about judging, now, I don't know if this is people with tinfoil hats on and they all love talking about conspiracy theories, but it, clearly it's a topic that you guys in the piping world want to talk about. So, I'm going to put it out there, alright? If you really want to see me tap dancing on the landmine, <laughs> then get in touch with me. Email me in. Let me know your opinion on judging. Now... <sighs> i don't quite know how to talk about this topic without getting my tinfoil hat on and starting talking about all sorts of conspiracy theories because essentially i keep arguing the point we're not in that arena and we don't have the clipboard in our hand. we don't hear what that person hears how could we possibly argue against them but those in the piping world do seem to know better because you guys have been emailing in like crazy I'm sitting here looking at my email box right now. And I can count. Let me see. Right, I'm doing this live. Yep, that's about 10 emails there. Yep, 10 emails all talking about judging at Paisley. And that's only in the the space of, what, the last three days when I haven't checked them. So, yeah, all talking about judging. So, I put it out there, right? You guys, the listeners of the Big Rab Show podcast, you absolute amazing people. If you do want me to talk about judging and to give an opinion on what's happening and everything, then sure, I'll talk about it. Alright, we will jump on that landmine instead of tap dancing on it and we'll just see where we land. But I want to hear from you. I want you to email me in your opinions. really want to know. Email me in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Tell me what your opinion is of judging in the RSPBA round competitions in 2018. And even if they're not RSPBA and and if they're USPBA or Wuspaba, or even down in sunny Australia or anything like that, abroad, anything. If you have a particular opinion on judging, let me know. And then we'll bring it to a future podcast so we can talk all about this topic that everyone really seems to want to talk about. But I don't know. I don't know. Let's get on to it. Piping news. We've got so much to get through this week that we didn't get through on Fuse on our live show last night. Last night's show was just something else, by the way. So thank you to everyone who was texting in last night on Fuse. Just brilliant. Thank you very much, everyone. And we were all talking about Cookstown. Cookstown competition, of course, was this past weekend, the mid Ulster Championships. And it was brilliant. It was such a well-ran event, I have to say, even given... The threat of possible incoming thunder and lightning storms. But in fact, I actually managed to get sunburned. I (laughs) got completely burnt to a crisp. It was so hot, you know, but we're still waiting on rain coming at the same time. So the venue itself is very open. There's very little in the way of shelter. So what they had to do with all the vendors and everything, they had to put them up out of the venue on an area of hard standing so they wouldn't sink if there was terrain and all of that, so you didn't have to pull them out with tractors and everything, so it was a, it was a bit higgledy piggledy, but they did do their best. And I think overall, the event itself ran very well. So, congratulations to RSPBA and I. Another great competition ran there in Cookstown. However, entry does seem to be down this year from previous years. We'll get talking about that. As I'm sure you're aware, you've clicked on the title. So, yeah, we'll get talking about that. But let's talk about Cookstown competition first of all. Let's run through the results. Starting with Grade 4B, the winner, Grantia. They lifted it quite convincingly as well. They lifted it with two first places in piping, plus a first in drumming. Well done, Grantia. Yeah, pretty much cleaned up there in Grade 4B on the day. Looking at Grade 4A, then, yeah, congratulations goes to Kildog. Go on, Kildog! Congratulations there. Top spot. Again, with two first places in piping, winning it quite convincingly. And with a first in ensemble. And then, Kulabaki, lifting the drumming. So, well done to Kulabaki. Now, I actually kind of skipped over Grade 4B. There was a couple of uh, honourable mentions that I wanted to talk about on this week's show. Um, Tully Lagan, Pipe Band. As I've said on last week's show, they were launching a developmental pipe band. Well, this was their debut. And it was brilliant to see. It was so good to see. And there were all kids in there, you know, and real beginners who'd never really lifted the pipes before and maybe lifted them six, eight months ago. And here they are in a grade four arena. And competing with the rest of them. And it was fantastic to see. So I have to say. Congratulations to Tolly Lagan. On the launch of this new band. I think it's fantastic to see. Long may I continue. Hope to see the band out more often. And uh, I have to say. Although they did finish last. They had a 12th in piping. And a 13th in piping. But they also. They managed a 9th place in drumming. Which isn't bad at all for your first outing. So congratulations guys there. At uh, Tolly Lagan. So well done. Also, I have to give a special mention to Mountjoy. Mountjoy Pipe Band. Now, I have this on good authority. I was chatting to quite a number of the guys. I haven't seen Mountjoy Pipe Band in the competitive scene now for years. And I've actually been thinking it was a really long time. As I got chatting to the ones out of the band themselves, turns out Mountjoy Pipe Band haven't been on the competition field since 17 years ago. 17 years. I actually remember competing against Mount Joy Pipe Band. I think it was Grade 3A, maybe Grade 2. We were competing against Mount Joy. And, um, yeah, that's so amazing to see. 17 years later, here they are. They're back. And yeah, back in Grade 4B. So it was brilliant to see them back on the grass again. I think the cheer they got on the day um, was yeah, was brilliant to see. And I think the guys on Mount Joy Band actually really enjoyed being back in the circle as well. So yeah, great to see Mountjoy back and Totali Lagan launching new bands there in Grade 4B. Great stuff. Great to see. So, as I've said, Kildog managed to lift Grade 4A and the Drummen went to Kulibaki there in Grade 4A. On to Grade 3B then. Yeah, it was kind of a bit of a one-sided affair. St Mary's Derry Trasna managed to lift everything. Very convincingly so. They left two first places from piping, plus they lifted the Drummen as well. And they placed first in ensemble. Congratulations, St. Mary's Derry-Trasna. As I've said, there are possible pick for this incoming year. <clears throat> Definitely had a very strong weekend there in Cookstown. Well done. I have to say, Tully Lagan then, uh, their senior band, finished second overall. Yeah, so well done. And then behind them was Major Sinkler and then followed by Clocker, Raffery, and Cleanan. so that made up your grade 3B. On to grade 3A then, the winners on the day were Marla Coo. Woo! Marlecoo continuing their winning ways. They had a third and second in piping. Mm, bit mixed. And had a second in drumming. But they finished first in ensemble overall. So they lifted the top spot. Well done to Marlecoo lifting the grade 3A title. The drumming on the day then went to the Quinn, The Quinn Memorial who finished out of the prizes. They finished fifth. Uh, but managing to lift a top spot in drumming. So congratulations to the Quinn. Okay, on to grade 2 then. And grade 1. You may as well say both grades... We're kind of dominated by Klaus Kelt. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous now. So, yeah, Klaus Kelt lifted everything in Grade 2. They lifted it with two firsts in piping and a first in drumming, first in ensemble. And then New Ross came second with Column Kill and then Matt Boyd Memorial from Grade 3A, who managed to play up. So, congratulations, Klaus Kelt, still in winning ways. And then played up in Grade Grade 1 then and managed to lift it again, again with two first places in piping. However... New Ross and District managed to lift the drumming in Grade 1. Yay! So, awesome. Hey, well, I'm dead happy for the guys at New Ross, and they definitely played for it as well. So, yeah, go and check out the runs. All the runs are all up there on the Rab Show Facebook page. Go and check them out. We've streamed as much as we possibly could, as well as the drum majors, by the way. Yeah, we got a bit of stick about not covering drum majors on the Rab Show. So, yeah, we tried our best to live stream parts of the drum major competition. And we actually managed to capture the adult final. So, yeah, there you go. That's our (laughs) drum major coverage for the weekend. So, let's go through our drum major results then. Winner of the adults uh, was Emma Barr of the Field Marshal. Well done, Emma. So, I think, let me see. I'll look through the other grades as well. On to The juvenile then went to Jamie Couples. Again, of Mackenzie Caledonian. Well done, Jamie. Uh, Abigail Wenlock managed to lift the junior title. Well done Abigail. And then to the novice then went to Lewis, uh, Louise Simington, sorry of Klaus Keltz. Well done Louise. Awesome sauce. So that was your drum major results and again we have another winner in the seniors. So as I've been saying drum major has proved to be pretty darn interesting this year. Seems to be a new winner every single week and it's making the drum major uh, predictions for our world championship that's just proven pretty dang difficult to be honest so hey not to take it away from emma emma seemed to really deserve it so congratulations emma bar um but yeah where are we going to be at next week <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that it seems to change each and every week so yeah i for one i'm going to be continuing to watch the drum major competition with big interest and you should too by the way Okay, let's fly on. In shots in Scotland, there was a competition and let's run through the results because we're not only here in Northern Ireland, but also there was ones in Scotland. So shots, starting with grade 4B, lifting the top spot then was North Lanarkshire Schools and they managed to lift the drumming as well. On to grade 4A, then in shots, lifting the top spot then was William Wood and they lifted the drumming as well in the ensemble. All They lifted everything because they were the only grade 4A band there. We'll get talking about that later as well. Uh, juvenile grade then. Um, the North Lanarkshire schools managed to lift the juvenile plus the novice B. Uh, uh, the novice B, North Lanarkshire schools had a run out as well and they finished up second. So the juvenile grade essentially only really having one band in there as well. Yikes. On to grade three. Then we had uh, three grade 3A bands on the day. We had the Highlanders, Four Scots, who managed to finish top spot. And the drumming then went to Oddington, Strathclyde, who finished up second. Third then was Colburn, IOR, followed closely behind by William Wood and Millingrave. So there you go. So that all the bands all managed to play in grade 3. Now on grade 2, on the day, did we have any grade 2 bands? Yes, we did. We did. We had Royal Borough of Stirling. So, there you go. And they managed to lift the top spot. Plus, they lifted the drumming as well. So, congratulations, Royal Borough. Then, followed in second place on Ensemble Preference, went to Oddington Strathclyde, who were a Grade 3A band, which is a bit of an upset because they managed to beat the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service, who were a Grade 2 band. So, that's a bit of an upset there. So, congratulations, Oddington Strathclyde. So, there you go. On the day, then, we... uh, Yeah... We attempted to have a Grade 1 where two Grade 1s played up. So we had Royal Borough and Scottish Fire and Rescue both played up. And lifting the Grade 1 title in on the day was Royal Borough of Stirling. So congratulations. And they lifted the drumming as well. Now, as I'm sure I keep saying this, you've clicked on the title of this week's podcast. We're going to be talking about domestic competitions. Because, yeah, the entry for shots is not that great. To be honest. And even the week before this was Bathgate I think. They didn't have such a great entry for that as well. Let's look at this next competition that's coming forward on our domestic calendar. Here in Northern Ireland we have the Craigavon and District Championships. This is going to be held in Lurgan Park in sunny Lurgan. Saturday 9th of June. So let's look briefly at the grades first of all. Looking at grade 4B we have 11 bands in there. Not bad at all. Not a bad entry at all for grade 4B. 4A we have 11 bands again. Awesome. So again a very strong grade four B or grade four B and grade four A. Then numbers start to go down. Looking at grade three B then at Lurgan, we have eight bands. Looking at grade three A, we have seven. Then at grade two, we have three. Ouch. We have three grade two bands on the day. We have Column Kill, Manor Cunningham, and Kloss Kelt. There you go. So that makes up your three Grade 2 bands. And then in Grade 1, we have Klaus Kelt who are playing up. And we have the PSNI. Yay! PSNI are going to be there. So, And then we have Column Kill as well who will be playing up from Grade 2. So we have PSNI. It's going to be in action in Grade 1 this incoming weekend in Lurgan Park. So, everyone... Want to wish you as well going to Lurgan this weekend. We will be live streaming, of course, and giving you all sorts of amazing coverage and content from everything happening at the Craigavon and District Championships. But again, I do remember when this competition used to have a huge entry. And uh, yeah, it's so disappointing to see we have one grade one band on the day. This is the PSNI. So yeah, I do remember when it used to be you know, at least six or seven in there in Grade 1. So, mm, disappointing. We'll get talking all about that later. Yeah, there is a reason why you've clicked on this week's podcast. Anyway, let's fly on. Auckland and District Pipe Band. Have a bit of piping news there not too long ago. Following an AGM at Auckland and District Pipe Band, they were proud to announce that Mr. Robert Dutois was unanimously awarded a lifetime membership. So... A Lifetime Membership Award is a pretty special award and Rob has earned his via a long commitment to the band um, and flown, flown to New Zealand from South Africa every year since his inaugural trip back in 2001. So, yeah. Congratulations to... uh. Rob Dutois for his lifetime membership there of Auckland and District Pipe Band. So shout out goes to you. I have to say, he's got quite a handsome beard as well. If you want to go and check out Auckland District's Facebook page, they have photographs up of him there. And yeah, he's got quite a handsome beard. Who knows? Beard of the Year 2018. You never know, Rob. There you go. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, City of Melbourne Pipe Band. The band is excited to announce the return of Dean Hall as drum sergeant of the band. So there you go, Dean is back with the City of Melbourne. After a 24-year global walkout... (laughs) or walkabout I should say Uh, notching up an an extensive experience and achievement on the world stage including a nine year stint at St Lawrence yeah if anything that's how I know Dean Dean has been playing with St Lawrence now for quite a while and yeah he's been jet setting all across the world and you know teaching and all of that sort of stuff so here he is he's now back with the City of Melbourne Highland Pipe Band so we want to wish him the very best of luck as he takes up the reins there as drum sergeant of the band congratulations I'm sure you will get on very well and I think by all accounts the band are looking forward to hitting the grass and uh yeah we want to wish them well. Now I have to say I can't remember if we actually mentioned to manage uh, get this squeezed into last week's podcast or not but congratulations has to go to the Belfast Tattoo. Yes the Belfast International Tattoo are winners of the Hospitality and Tourism Business of the Year award at this year's BEFTA awards so it's B-E-F-T-A awards so yeah, congratulations they're winning prizes so yeah Hospitality and Tourism Business of the Year. Congratulations. So there you go. Right, I have to give a special plug then to Indigenous Music. Yes. For those of you who know Scott very well, he's a well-known piper of renown, I would ask you to go and check out his Facebook page called Indigenous Music. I-N-D-I-G-E-N-O-U-S Music. Indigenous Music. He's going to be launching a brand new book of tunes You're going to want to check it out. He's been releasing details of uh, the launch event that's going to be happening in Pipe and Live. We'll talk more about it. But for now, all I really wanted to do is point you in the direction of their Facebook page and the social media. Go and check it out. Indigenous Music. That's it. (laughs) That's all I really want to say for now. I know it sounds kind of cryptic, but I do want to put it out there. Go and check it out. Indigenous Music on Facebook. And be prepared. Yeah, there is going to be something pretty dang special happening, because yeah, he's made an announcement that Bob Warrell will be MC on the night that they're launching the book. Plus, also the New Zealand police, uh, the New Zealand Police Pipe Band will also be involved, and they will have a quintet of pipers from the band, including Pipe Major Emmett Conway, Pipe Sergeant Adam Michie and Alan Marshall or Marshall Allen, sorry, and Cameron Webb and Angus McCall Jr. All these people will be playing at this big launch event. Go and check it out. Indigenous Music, this is going to be one book launch at Pipe and Live this year that you're not going to want to miss. Take it from me, alright? I never steered you wrong for Pipe and Live before. Go and check it out. Right. Speaking of launches, Rora has finally arrived and launched their new album. It seems to have been a long road, but here it is. The 1st of June has came around, and it's out. It's finally here. Their new album entitled In Praise of Home. Go and check it out. I have to t- tell you now just how amazing this album is. So they seem to have been working on it forever. And yeah, it's now available for any, everywhere you can get music. and can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, all that sort of stuff. Go and get this in your collection. If you haven't yet, I'll wait. You can hit pause on the podcast now and go and get it. But if you're a piping fan at all, you're going to want to get this. So, Rora, R U R A, and their brand new album, In Praise of Home, definitely going to be worth a listen for any self respecting piping fan. Released June the 1st. So, get your mitts on it now. There you go. Right. Also, I don't know if you've managed to see this little bit of a news story or not. But um, I don't even know if it's news. (laughs) I don't even know if it's news. But uh, Craig Munro, you all know Craig, of course, from Wallace Bagpipes, and he's also a piper with the Red Hot Chili Pipers and with St. Lawrence Atul. He was proving to be a bit resourceful over the course of the weekend there. As we were in Cookstown, baking under the sunshine, uh, yeah, apparently his son Reese was uh, s- celebrating his third birthday party, and they were trying to blow up like a bit of a paddling pool in the back garden, but they didn't have a pump for it. So, what do you do? This paddling pool was huge. And uh, how else do you pump up a paddling pool? But, hey, you can use a set of bagpipes. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Craig managed to use a set of bagpipes and turned them into a makeshift pump. And he managed to pump up an entire paddling pool using a set of pipes. Now, Craig... I know, listens to the podcast, so I have to say... Shout out to you, Craig. You are a legend. And there's photographs, even video footage, I think, of this happening... Of Craig sitting with the bagpipes under his arm... Blowing into it, but they don't have any uh, drones in there. No chander. He just has one single pipe uh, you know, going in from the pipes into the paddling pool. And yeah, fair play to him. Blowing up an entire paddling pool using a set of bagpipes. It's something to behold. Go and check it out. So, <laughs> just when you think bagpipes are totally useless... You can blow up a paddling pool with them, apparently. Yeah. Now, one band that I have been talking about, Ascent. People have been asking me, how do you spell this? How do you check them out? Because I was mentioning about they're going to be hitting the stage of the Afterworld Shindig. (sighs) Yeah. These guys are just awesome. They're on my phone all the time. Their new album's just about to drop. And, oh man, I cannot wait. Ascent. A-S-S-Y-N-T. is how you spell it. Go and check it out now. They're available on Facebook, on Twitter. All the usual haunts and stuff where you expect to see bands. Go and check them out. Bandcamp and blah, blah, blah. You can go and get them. Ascent. A-S-S-Y-N-T. Yep, has ass in the title. So, Ascent. Go and check them out. These guys are pretty amazing. And if you haven't listened to them yet... (sighs) You're in for a treat. So yeah, once you get listened to even one or two tracks off their album that's about to drop, you're going to know what you're going to be in for when it comes to the Afterworld Shindig. And people have already bought tickets for this off the back of what we said on last week's podcast. So thank you, everyone. And we really, really (laughs) have to say that we will not steer you wrong. We haven't steered you wrong before. This will be one heck of a gig to get to. So if you haven't got your tickets for the Afterworld Shindig yet, go along to pipinglive.co.uk. Get your tickets for it now. Don't be disappointed. This will be one after Worlds party you will not want to miss. Okay. Inverary and District Pipe Band have announced a bit of a sponsorship deal. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the band have recently announced a sponsorship deal with Lock Fine Whiskies. Now, they're from Inverary Town themselves as well. So, uh... In a statement, they say the band is pleased to announce their sponsorship deal with Lock Fine Whiskies from Inverary. Um, We will also support the whiskey shop during some of their events this year. Make sure to pop into the shop and ask for the special limited Lock Fine Whiskey, which commemorates our 2017 World Pipe Band Championship win. Now, that sounds like something altogether way too awesome to pass up. So... If you go to lockfinewhiskies.com, that's L-O-C-H-F-Y-N-E, whiskies.com, I, I think you can go on there and get yourself a bottle of this stuff. So, yeah, if you're a connoisseur or a whiskey drinker at all, like myself, I do a new, like a wee tuple every now and again, go along, Lockfine Whiskies from Inverary, and they've released like a bit of a limited edition whiskey to commemorate the 2017 World Championship win by Inverary. Definitely going to be worth a wee up I think. Yeah, there you go. So congratulations on your new sponsorship in Verreri. And uh yeah, I can't wait to taste this stuff actually, so there you go. Right. Now modern piping. Lincoln Hilton's uh release that he's been putting out now for best part of a year is celebrating a year. Anniversary. Over 140 tunes later, it's Modern Piping's one year anniversary. So for those of you who have been to mdpiping.com and subscribed, you guys have received over 140 Modern Piping tunes composed by some of the best in the business, such as Lincoln Hilton, Chris Armstrong, Lauren McDougall, um, Ross Ainsley, Xavier Bordeaux, people like that who are all involved in producing some of this amazing content for Modern Piping. Definitely going to be worth a look if you haven't yet subscribed. So congratulations to Modern Piping who now have released Volume 7. Uh, and in Volume 7 you are in for a treat with over 21 piping tunes. Including a jazz piece, a Spanish style suite and an arrangement of a Breton dance. Uh, which I can't even begin to pronounce but it was played by Lincoln at the Lorien Festival last year. So if you are interested, go to mdpipin.com and go and check it out. I think they, you can go and look at their back catalogue, I think, uh, once you sign up and everything. So it's definitely worth a look. Congratulations on one year on. So that's it for the piping news. Yeah. And the whole reason you guys clicked on this podcast to begin with, we're going to get talking about our domestic season. And I think I'm going to need a big cup of tea for this. <laughs> Because, yeah, those of you who've been following us on our social media, you will have seen the post that we have put up on our Rab Show Facebook page. Uh, We're going to get into it. But before we do that, I have to give a little bit of a plug for those guys who are wanting merchandise. A lot of people were speaking to me at Cookstown Competition there recently and saying, Here, here, how can we get one of them t-shirts? And uh, it's quite a number of people actually walking about wearing Rab Show shirts and stuff. So that's kind of cool. So thank you to everyone who's bought some Rab Show merch. uh, T-shirts, even polos, uh, the new embroidered polo shirts that are available. Or even hoodies for that matter and stuff. Yeah, you can go along, thebigrabshow.com. Just look at the shop icon and yeah, you can go and pick yourself up some Rab Show merch. And yeah, all of our sizings are all up there. If you do have a, spe- a specific size that's not listed and you would like a special order, maybe a different color or something, just message us at the Rab Show page and we'll do our best to hook you up and try and get you sorted with some Rab Show merch. So go along, check us out on therabshow.com, go to our shop icon and get yourself some Rab Show merch because it really does help towards everything that we do. It helps for travel costs, admission fees, uh, just everything so with your guys support we are continuing to produce some some of the best piping content that we can possibly provide i think this year we've certainly upped our quality because we've invested in a lot of different mics and new cameras and all of that sort of stuff so hopefully the quality is much better so that is all through your guys help so yeah with each bit of merch that is sold it gets reinvested back into the show again and helps us do what we do so yeah thank you so much and if you do are interested in getting a shirt Please do head along to com and pick yourself up one. And yeah, with a bit of luck, you'll hopefully get it before Worlds Week because we're running soon into the biggest piping week of the year. Here we are in June. I think the cutoff for Worlds Week will probably be either the first week of July, maybe the second week in July, for you to have it in time to allow for postage and printing and all of that sort of stuff. So if you are thinking of getting yourself some Rab Show merch for the Worlds, get it in early rather than later. So yeah. Definitely. Get your mitts on it. There you go. That's a shameless plug. Right. (sighs) Time for me to grab myself a big cup of tea. And I might even get myself a beer or something. This is going to be a long one. It's time for the topic of the week. Loud Pipes Visual Media is your dedicated resource for coverage of pipe bands from Northern Ireland. Loud Pipes Visual Media specialises in both photography and videography so you don't only get to see the fantastic spectacle of piping and drumming but you also get to hear it too. Loudpipes Pipes Visual Media is always very keen to promote bands from Northern Ireland so if you or your band has an event or you would like a specific photograph or video taken please get in touch with Loud Pipes Visual Media on their Facebook page or contact Barbara on 07719 231 LoneStarPiper.com the little pipe and drum supply in the heart of Texas proud to be firefighter owned and operated with 10 years in the industry they are dedicated to providing friendly, professional, personalised service featuring many of the most popular brands for bagpipers and drummers as well as custom kilts and highland wear Feel free to shoot them an email with questions about custom orders or to get a quote for special pricing on larger orders at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. Hello. This is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Yes, indeed. That's a shout-out to our wonderful patrons there who managed to click that support button. And, yeah, they get a wee 30-second shout-out on each and every podcast. So, yes, it's time for Topic of the Week. The very reason why you clicked on that button to begin with. So, thank you. Right. We caused a little bit of a stir on social media, I think would be fair to say. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a stir is an understatement. No. As we've been visiting competitions throughout the start of the season, all the way from Bangor here in the UK to here last week in Cookstown, as I've been talking about, we have noticed that entries for especially the domestic calendar is certainly on the decline. Now, we did want to pose the topic and people were suggesting to us that we should talk about it. Now, I was kind of reluctant because it is a bit of a landmine, but yeah, let's introduce this week's topic of the week, shall we? Of course, I'm talking about the domestic calendar. The little small competitions that aren't big major championships, but are still relatively important, in my opinion, uh, to the piping world. So I did ask the question. So what we put up on our Facebook page on The Big Rap Show, and what caused such a massive stir in the piping world, was this, the question. With entries in all grades being down from previous years, so whenever you look at Bathgate, Shots, Enniskillen and Cookstown in 2018, Does this show a decline in support for our domestic calendar? With bands concentrating more and more on the major championships, does our domestic competitions still have a place in our season? Love to know your thoughts. Comment below. Well, whenever I ask people to comment below, you guys did in your hundreds. We have loads of commentary on this. So a lot of people have some very strong opinions so let's get to it. What's the question essentially that we're asking here? Well, whenever you look at our major championships, whenever it comes to Paisley or, of course, the big one there in Glasgow or Forres even as well. All of these competitions, the big major championships, are the ones that never seem to have a problem drawing an entry. Now, it has to be said that a lot of competitions across the water in Scotland... Have recently seen a bit of a downturn in their entry. Especially the one for Farès. recently. Where very few bands from Ireland, even Northern Ireland, are going over to it. Now, we've talked about that before on previous podcasts. Whether that's an affordability thing. All of that. It's a very grey area whenever it comes. But overall, our major championships... ...don't have an issue when it comes to entries. Well, what we have seen a massive decline in is entries to our domestic season. Now here, locally in Northern Ireland, we have noticed that competitions such as Cookstown... ...that used to be a huge event, that used to draw some of the big guns in there... ...now they're not drawing anybody. And I guess that's the question we're asking... I remember not five, ten years ago in Cookstown competition, we used to see the likes of the Field Marshal juking it out with Blairian District. St. Lawrence Atul would have made the journey. You know, Ravara would have been in there. You know, grade one was a packed grade for Northern Ireland bands, even while Colabaki was on the way it's going too. You know, we would have seen a lot of grade one bands juking it out on the field. And then in grade two, you would have had at least 10 or 11 grade two bands in there, all battling it out and all. ...sourced from local talent. So, I guess, what's happening? is the question I want to know. Where have all of these players disappeared? You know, they seem to have gone out into the ether. And so many bands now are folded as a result. So many bands are no longer in existence. And, yeah, as a result, our grades have been decimated. We don't see the same amount of entries going into each grade, each competition... Every week. And yeah, it looks to be that our domestic calendar is really suffering. So whenever I asked your guys' opinion as to why is this happening, and should we even still have a domestic calendar, your feedback has not produced any answers, just more questions. So let's get through some of them here, we'll be, and we'll debate about it here on the topic of the week. So first one comes in from Jim Graham, and he says, <clears throat> excuse me, he says, pretty obvious what the problem is. The big bands hoover up all the young players. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, this is a topic that's kind of been, you know, this keeps coming back. that These big bands are hoovering up all these players. So he goes on to say that uh, Grade 2, 3 and 4 cannot get pipers or drummers. He currently plays for Shots and he's heard it said that they have a uniform, but all they really are are cape carriers. And that stings. So, if big bands were limited to twenty pipers and eight drummers, all the rest good players, however, uh, would filter down to other grades, and other bands would be able to compete. Okay, we've heard that argument before. Smaller bands are being strangled for the lack of players and time for some action. But from the RSPBA on this, so that's what Jim's calling for. If they don't act soon, there will be no competing bands left. So, hmm. Very strong opinions there from Jim. Now, this argument has been said before about big bands hoovering up players and decimating the lower grades. Now, whether this is one hundred percent true or not, I don't know. But I have known it to happen. I, you know, I have been in lower grade bands before, and players do get that opportunity to go and play in the big leagues. And uh, really, who would stand in their way if you get an opportunity to go and play in a grade one band and you're currently playing in grade four A? Would you not jump at it? Hell yeah, you jump at it with two hands. But is that what's hurting the scene? Don't know. Don't know. As well as talking about band numbers and you know possibly a cap and everything. This keeps coming into the debate. I don't know if a player cap or a limit on numbers will actually help our domestic uh, calendar. I really don't know if that is the case. Sure, I do think it would help the lower grade bands. You know, because then the upper grade bands would have to limit their numbers. But whether it's, you know, a positive thing or not, I'm still not convinced. For me, I don't believe a number cap is a good idea. But I am open to suggestion. So I'll put that out there now. So, yeah, I am open to suggestion. I can see how it can help lower grade bands. No. This one's come in from Neil Henderson, and I said, it's a hard one. I'd have our band out every weekend if I could, but nothing builds confidence better than playing in the ring. As someone had said earlier, with the way people's work shifts pan out, it's also increasingly difficult to get people to a band uh, out to compete every weekend. So I know that a lot of our guys, including myself, have to take holidays from work for the major championships. You also, in Scotland, have you know a gala day celebrations and fundraising events to do with your band and everything. So, you know, fundraising for bands ain't cheap or ain't easy to do, especially a lot of these events seem to happen during contest season. So, yeah, Neil, 100% agree with you. Availability for domestic calendar as well has to be an issue. So, yeah, some fair points raised there. We, know, we now no longer have a traditional working week. As you all know here, competitions in the UK predominantly happen on a Saturday or a Sunday. And uh, here in Northern Ireland, they definitely always definitely happen on the Saturday. And now, even from my own experience, a lot of the time, you could be working on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Now, the five-day working week, Monday to Friday, could be changed. You could be working shift patterns and stuff. And essentially, you will have to take time off from your actual day job to go and blow pipes or hit a drum. So... Yeah, for a lot of people, it just isn't an option. You know what I mean? Here's another one here from Stuart Patterson. He says, I think there's a few reasons for it. In Scotland there's too many contests. Each weekend as we have four local branches some venues are absolutely terrible. Bands are struggling to get players to turn out for every contest and it's glaringly obvious that players priorities have changed over the years sadly. Finally the lack of grade 1 and grade 2 bands turning out for minors in Scotland has also helped kill some of the contests. Minors are an are absolutely an essential part of the calendar, as in my eyes, we cannot play in front of judges often enough. Don't know what the answer is, but it's a great question. Thanks, Stuart. And that's one point I want to put to you. In the favour of the minor calendar, as much as we're saying, you know, that there is a negative thing, you know, having so many competitions in the year, and trying to get people out to these competitions is proving really difficult, you know, it also provides experience. You know, especially in the beginner levels, whenever you've just lifted the pipes for the first time and you're playing in grade 4B and you might not have been that well experienced in playing in front of a judge with a clipboard. This is the great opportunity to get that experience, get a judge giving you opinions on your performance. So then whenever you come to a major, it's already old news. You know what you're doing. So mm, I do think, yeah, 100% right there, Stuart. You know, you can't play in front, in front of a judge enough. But, uh, yeah, I do understand that there are simply so many competitions to get to now. And even now, especially here in the UK, where we used to get like a bit of a mid-season break, that's not happening this year. We don't get a mid-season break. It's going right through July, no break at all. This season's going to be a tough one. And, uh, like, for everyone I've been talking to so far this season, they've been saying that this season's going to be a big stretch, both financially and on time. So, I don't know, a lot of stuff. Here's one from Neil Henning, he says, In my own experience, I work Saturdays in sales, and it's one of the most important days. However, this means that I have to use up my holidays on annual leave for, you know, bands and going to play. I was never able to get to them all, so obviously I had to prioritise Prioritize with more important contests, and hands down, they would have been the majors. So competitions like Innes and Cookstown would have been missed. Leading drummers and pipe majors have always supported this, although maybe this idea is different for whenever you come to the top grades. End of the day, it's only a hobby, albeit an enjoyable one, but putting bread on the table always has to come first. So, Neil, wholeheartedly agree with you. This is a hobby. It's a hobby that we love, and for a lot of us, it's a way of life. You live, breathe, eat, sleep, piping and drumming, but it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as we love what we do, very few of us actually get to make a living out of doing this. So, yeah, you know, if you had an opportunity to pay your mortgage that month or an opportunity to go and play in Farès that week, mm, do you know what I mean? It's a difficult choice. So, yeah, that's a, a fair point there, Neil. Uh, Stephen Brown goes on and says, "Do domestic competitions still have a place in our season? Yes, absolutely." Do we need to have as many? No, we don't. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, they need to get their heads together and work out how to get the bands back on the grass and the spectators around the circle. No grade one bands two weeks in a row says it all, with the lower grade bands starting to tick the same approach. Stephen, I have to say I agree. So whenever you look to skill. We had no Grade One bands. Whenever you looked at Cookstown as well, you had no Grade One bands. Everyone in Grade Two who wanted to had the opportunity then to play up. Now someone had put it forward saying that if there aren't any Grade One bands on the field, then there shouldn't be a Grade One. Instead of having this having this open grade. Now I don't know. I don't honestly know because it, it does happen down the grades as well. You know, sometimes Grade Three A bands have the opportunity to play up in two, and all the way through, you know, that happens in all the other grades, so it's not just an exclusive thing for grade one, don't know, don't know, but yeah, certainly, whenever you're looking at a draw for a competition, even for myself personally, I would make up my mind whether to attend it in person, whether there was going to be a grade one or two competition, if there was no grade one or even no grade two, you would think to yourself, is this really going to be worth, you know, paying X amount of pounds in petrol and fuel and even in some places, you know, accommodation and flights and everything. Uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? Now, I'm not taking away from the guys in Grade 3 and Grade 4. Please don't take it like that. But, you know, essentially the big draw to any competition would be to see the bands that you really want to listen to. And that would be the guys who are jicking you out in Grade 1 and 2. So, no, you can all shoot me down if you wish. But, um... <laughs> I do think the domestic calendar is too busy. Now, I had had a comment there earlier saying that there was four different branches in Scotland all running competitions at the same time. And there's Stephen who was saying that we have a domestic calendar here in Northern Ireland, saying that we have a competition every weekend and it's too much. I'd be inclined to agree. Our domestic calendar is relentless. I think the things with our major championships is that they're very well spaced out. There's at least, you know, two, maybe three weeks in between each major. And that gives everybody a bit of breathing space. That gives you an opportunity to spend some time with the wife and kids. You know what I mean? Take care of the domestics. Paint the fence if you have to. Redecorate the kitchen or whatever. Or even go on a family holiday. You know, when the kids are off school. Um, You know, silly things like that that never really get considered. But I know, like even myself personally, I organised my wedding around the pipe band season. Now... Yeah, I know a lot of people are actually laughing about that right now. But yes, I intentionally organized my wedding outside of piping season. So I wouldn't have to celebrate my actual wedding day during a competition season or yeah, even my wedding anniversary, the other side of it. So I I purposely done it uh, with much a grievance from my wife right now. She did want a summer wedding, uh, you know, so you were guaranteed good weather for your f- photographs and all of that whatnot. But um. Yeah, you know, I do know people that plan their entire lives around piping season. So, you know, World's Week, are you going to plan something? Absolutely not! (laughs) You know, it's World's Week, for crying out loud. So, yeah, I do think, with the domestic calendar being as busy as it is, perhaps the association could look at how the domestic calendar is, you know, formed now at the moment. And it is so busy. You know, it's crammed full, and it's every weekend, and... As great as that is for us piping fans, though, I have to say, it gives me a lot to talk about on the radio and here on the podcast with you guys. It can be a bit of a stretch. Do you know what I mean? Now, when I read through some of the comments here from a lot of people, a lot of ones saying, you know, that it's all to do with work, shift patterns, stuff like that. Yeah. And here's another one here from Rodney Topping. Rodney, he says, I think there are a number of significant factors which we all have had an impact in their own way and bring us to the point where we are now. Number one is cost. Not just of travel and participation, but for many individuals giving up a day's pay or holidays to be able to attend. And that's exactly what we've been saying the whole time. So number two, right now in the UK, it's actually exam time. Kids here in Northern Ireland specifically are sitting their exams for GCSEs and A-levels and all of that sort of stuff. And they're looking for qualifications, you know what I mean? So at the minute they're busy studying and setting exams. It's a stressful time. But here we are. It's now the start of June and we're smack bang in the middle of the piping season. So mm, I don't know. Difficult. Difficult. Also, a lack or unable to commit not just to the summer months but to practices in general. A lot of bands I know religiously practice three nights a week. Now for me, three nights a week is too much. And I can see where you're coming from here, Rodney. Three bands, three nights a week, and then a competition every Saturday. That's a lot of time, you know, to dedicate to your instrument, dedicate to your band. You know, when do you get downtime? You know, (laughs) crazy stuff. Also, uh, diverse nature of the big bands. With players from all over the world, they can't travel every week. And it is the grade one bands that ultimately draw the larger crowd. Um... These are only a few of the reasons. Thanks. That's from Rodney. So, yeah. That's one thing I do suppose we should talk about. The bigger bands. As much as we're saying that the big bands hurt the smaller bands. They also fly in players from around the world. And that's been a possible suggestion for Topic of the Week now for quite some time. We will talk about it. Flying in players. But a lot of these bands can't compete. Because a lot of their membership are actually international. Now... Yeah, I can suppose here locally in Northern Ireland, we can look towards the Field Marshal. A lot of their players are international. They fly in from all around the world to come and play with the FM. Now, I do know that a lot of these guys who are international, they come and stay and actually live in Northern Ireland all the way through the piping season. So they come here, they get a place to stay and you know they hang out here in Northern Ireland all the way through the piping season So, travelling is not much of an issue for them. So, if the FM wanted to, I'm sure they could go and play in Cookstown. Or they could go and play this incoming weekend in Lurgan. You know, they they could do it. But they choose not to. And I guess that's the question. Why? Why are bands choosing not to go to these competitions? Then, I suppose, it does come down to the regular domestics. People have to make a living, you know? (laughs) A lot of people don't work... 9 to 5 Monday to Friday and you know, you make money when you can so when your day job calls you on a Saturday but you go, I have to go and play with Field Marshal what do you do? do you blow off your day job and say nah, stuff you boss, I'm away and then your mortgage don't get paid so, uh, don't know as much as people are saying that the big bands are sucking up players I think that's another debate I think that's away from the competition debate that's, mm, It's a different topic whenever you're talking about bands folding and stuff like that. You know what I mean? As much as big bands seem to be getting bigger, also the smaller bands seem to be folding quicker as well, I have to say. So whether they're one and the same, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it seems to be what you guys are talking about. So, yeah, here's Gareth Ingram. He says, higher grade bands getting bigger and bigger. Lower grade bands suffer. So, putting some of them off the road. So, now, a lot of people saying big bands are getting too big. Wee bands are getting too small and heading off the road. Something needs to be done about player numbers. Right. Player numbers is another conversation, I suppose. But it is kind of intertwined with what we're doing in our domestic season. Basically, we have a domestic calendar that runs all year... ...and that gets squeezed in between when the majors happen. Now, does it work every year? It seems to work every year, but we have noticed a big decline. And that's what we're talking about. You know, bands, you know, have to pick and choose now... ...depending on how big their membership is... ...and how many people they have available for any given week... ...and whether they feel they have a fighting chance of actually winning that competition... Yeah, I think this is a conversation that will be one that would be very interesting to raise at branch level or even at association level. What do they think of our domestic calendar? Now, I'm very aware a lot of these domestic competitions have been running for decades, especially, well, I think even recently their cookstone competition over the weekend there has been running since the 40s, maybe even before then, you know, like some of these competitions have a long pedigree of, you know, just being such history behind them. It would be such a shame to let it go. And I suppose whenever you look at the tradition of what we're doing and bands going out and competing for these trophies and everything, you know, here we are now in 2018, so many years down the line, it would be such a shame to let some of these competitions go. But is that what's needed? Do we need to let them go? You know, times do change, times move on. It's a difficult conversation to have. You know, you really don't want to pull the plug on something because, you know, people can't make it because of work. (laughs) Or something like that, you know. Oh, we've no grade one bands this weekend. Right, that's it, we'll pull the plug, we're no, no competition. That shouldn't be the case, you know, because I have to say... In Grade 4A and Grade 4B, we've had pretty strong entries across the board. Even across in Scotland there, we were talking about Bathgate and Shots as well. You know, both of those competitions have pretty strong entries in the lower grades. So, whenever you looked at it, Grade 4, very healthy when it comes to domestic calendar. Grade 3, not so much, but you have maybe about 10 in each grade. On average, about 10. Grade 2... You really start to suffer. You're lucky if you get six. Even in some domestic competitions. You're lucky if you get maybe two or three bands in a grade two competition. And then in grade one kind of non-existent. Very few grade one bands actually go and attend domestic competitions. So I guess that's the big question. That's what we're asking. Why are bands not attending anymore? Don't know. Here's one from George McIntyre. He says, I don't know the answer, but shots get a good entry when it's a branch championship, but the branch now move it around. It's a hard question to answer. I mean, shots, grade one, don't play at their own Highland Games. I mean, monitor competitions are, are monitor, I monitor contests, I'm sorry, are working hard and I know people will say it's expensive. And yeah, it is, but out with grade one at the Worlds, call pay the biggest ...prize in Grade 1. I think this year uh, it was 840, plus all the other grades were given big prize money. So, he goes on to say, I think prize money could be an incentive. A lot of people have suggested this in the past. Now, I don't know what it's like in the States, whether you get prize money or not. But I know here in the UK, we don't get very much, if any, prize money at all. I think all you're really getting is the title... And that's what you're fighting for. You're not in there juking it out looking for the big fat check. You're Basically all you're looking for is the the ability to say that you're UK, British, Scottish world champion. Do you know what I mean? You're not fighting for a big fat check. So whether that could be an incentive for bands, don't know. Interesting one. But, yeah, and then people go on and start talking about, yeah, the band should have more of an incentive to attend these competitions. And then ones go on to talk about the Champion of Champions. Now, we did talk about the Champion of Champions here before on the show and whether it still had a place in our competition world. Don't know. A lot of bands really don't seem to care about the Champion of Champions title. There are some bands, though, that really do care about the Champion of Champions and really want to lift that trophy at the end of the season. It's an interesting conversation. I don't know. What you can do to have an incentive. <sighs> Difficult. Difficult to know. I don't know. So, I think... <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I'm looking, I'm reading through all of these. And it's just scary. You know, people are naming bands that are down and out now. Um, like, big bands. Like, Kalabaki. That used to be so big in the day. And there's Robert Armstrong Memorial. Used to be a huge band in the day. The Hard Memorial. All of these bands you don't hear of anymore. And it fell away from one reason or another. And everyone either points the fingers at the big leagues. Or points it at just too many competitions. And people couldn't keep up with demand. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think this is a conversation that will... Probably writhe on for a good while. It'll be a great source of debate, I'm sure. But I really want to know your opinion. You can email me in bigrabshow at gmail dot com. I hope I haven't bored you too much. This is a quite a heavy topic, um but one I do think that is worth conversation. As much as people are talking about, there's too many competitions each week, and you have to take in costs. You have to take in travel. Attending the thing can't be cheap either. Um, Like, for instance, I bought myself and my daughter a burger and a bottle of water. And it cost me the guts of 20 quid. What? Anyway. (laughs) I cooks down the weekend there. Don't even get me started. Um, But, yeah. You know, you have the price of feeding yourself whenever you get there. Plus accommodation as well. Travel. Blah, blah, blah. All that sort of stuff. It really does add up for bands, men and women. So, yeah. These things are not cheap. And when they're occurring every single week, it can be too much you know, especially for the lower grade bands that don't get, like, top-flight sponsorship, you know, from some bands who have, like, sponsorship as well, you know, like People's Ford, Boghall Hall and Basket you know, they're very fortunate they have got sponsorship and things like that that can help them, and other bands have sponsorship deals and things, and, you know, it certainly does help them out. Um, but for lower grade bands who don't get such sponsorship or such help in that, we are asking the question, could the association do more? Could the association help our pipe bands, I don't know, Maybe by helping organise travel to events. Maybe, you know, help with ferry crossings or something. You know, even give them like a little grant or something. Here, we'll give you 50 quid to help pay your boat fare for your bus and stuff. You know, little things like that. And I guess this all started in the conversation whenever they had the AGM. And we talked about how many hundreds of thousands of pounds the association has in their coffers at at the minute. And what they plan to do with it. Don't know is the answer, but we know the establishment of the big pipe and the pipe band school that they're building at the minute is probably the most of it. But, do we think the association can help more with bands when it comes to the domestic calendar? Yes. What that is and what it will take the shape of, whether it's prize money, whether it's, you know, a little help with, you know, travel or things like that, don't know. Um, Also, how that could be administered. That's also a very difficult question. Also, whenever it comes to the domestic calendar, are there too many of them? Are there simply too many competitions on the calendar? It's an interesting conversation because a lot of these bands band competitions have been running for decades. It would be very very difficult to pull the plug on any one of them at any given time, so a difficult call to make there. So, also what can be done ...to help bands in general. Is it all the big Grade 1 bands... ...and big Grade 2 bands... ...that are sucking up all the players? Or is it just everyday life... ...that's making players throw the sticks in the corner... ...and forget about it? I need to make a living here. I need to forget about winning Spiky. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like These players are still out there. But yet our Grade 1 bands... ...are not sitting full of 100 plus members. So these players... They're out there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, as much as the argument about the player cap is an argument about helping lower-grade bands, I don't know. I'm still not convinced. The player cap thing, I'm sure, will be an argument we'll be having on the show here for quite a while, and we'll probably revisit it again as the season concludes. But uh, I do remember the days when grade-one bands used to walk in with nine pipers and with five drummers and used to win the thing. So, I'll put that out there. I wonder if it would happen nowadays. Do you know, if a grade 1 band walked in with 9 pipers and 5 drummers, would they still win? Or is it all a numbers game now? Don't know. It's been argued now for months and years. And we'll probably still be having the same argument this time next year. So, whenever it comes to the domestic calendar, we seem to have caused a bit of a ruckus online. A big conversation is being held internationally right now at the minute. Go and check it out. It's on our Facebook page. You can go and join the conversation. A lot of people have been messaging us, messaging us directly on our Facebook page and emailing us this week thanking us for raising the question to begin with. So thank you everyone for getting involved in the conversation. I have to say, try and steer away from the more controversial topics if you can. (laughs) We'll get talking about those in a later podcast. And for those of you who are genuinely interested in the conversation and the possible solutions to this, uh, yeah, please do. Join the conversation. Email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com or indeed contact us on Twitter, which is at BigRabShow or on our Facebook page, which is where else. So this is all happening at the minute, which is The Big Rab Show on Facebook. There you go. That's our topic for the week. Hope it didn't bore you too much. Grant. Thank you so much for clicking that download button. I have to say, uh, each and every week we do introduce new people to our show. So thank you so much for clicking that button. really does mean the world. Uh, if you haven't yet, please subscribe on iTunes or on Podbean. Give us that all-important follow. So as each episode gets uploaded, you'll get a wee bing to say one's been uploaded. And yeah, you'll never miss an episode. This weekend, we are going to Lurgan. Yes, so definitely stay tuned on our facebook page as we will be bringing you as much coverage from lurgan this incoming weekend as possible and uh, so yeah including the all-important results as well so drum major action band action all that sort of stuff from lurgan I want to wish everyone the very best of luck as another competition rolls around on our domestic calendar so yeah we will see you on our social media throughout the week and yeah good luck everyone going to lurgan hope you have us all have all a great tune and that's us we are out the door Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads, raising the benchmark throughout all the grades. Winning eight out of nine possible world championship performances, G1 Reads are played by bands around the world, producing that quintessential tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our current world champions in Verarian District. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rap Show podcast. All the best.